Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So go to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and uh, this has been the base uh, part of Scripture for our series Uh, Solomon is giving us wisdom. If we could please put it up on the big Bible in the sky. It says this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. He says, two people are better off than what? Than one. Because they can help each other succeed. You have somebody with you, you're probably going to have more success. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But if someone who falls alone, they are actually in real trouble, it says. Verse 11, likewise, two people lying close together, they can keep each other warm but how can one be warm alone if you're by yourself you're gonna have some cold nights verse 12 a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two they can actually stand back to back and they can conquer it says actually three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken a triple braided cord is not easily broken out of those verses is what we've uh, kind of like designed this whole series uh, about living better together today I want to talk to you out of this subject the power of a tribe power of a tribe I want you to write that down we're note takers and I believe it's going to help us all as we continue to move forward amen come on can we close our eyes by our head let's ask Jesus to bless this time and to be with us father we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, God. Thank you for what you're doing across the life of this church. Thank you for last week, which was absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for every single person, almost 2,000 people in church, God. We're believing the same today and next week, and we're believing that this fall is going to be absolutely amazing. God, thank you for the 9 a.m., the 11 a.m., thank you for the 1 p.m., thank you for the new 6 p.m. tonight here at Kendo and and the 6 p.m. change at our city campus and over there in downtown Winwood area, God. And we just love this community. family. God, help us to understand and to know that life is better together, God, that we were made to live in relationship and community, God. And God, we pray a special anointing and a special strength uh, for the Miami Dolphins that we would go 3-0 and for the first time in 150 years. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory and all the honor. All of God's people say, oh, come on, all of God's people say, can you give Jesus one big shout of praise? Come on. I think all of us, I think all of us in one way or another, we've had friends, uh, friendships, communities, relationships that, that have failed us. H- have you ever had a friend that failed you? Right? I think all of us, right, in life, you, we've had people fail us, right? Somebody, somebody's done us wrong. Somebody, um, like, lied to us. Somebody broke our heart. Like, we've had people fail us. But I think it, if we give it a little bit more thought, Honestly, I think a lot of times we've also failed people, right? We, we've also been a failure to some people. Like, we, we've done wrong. We haven't been there for people. We, we've, we've failed many times. I remember one time, one time I went to, uh, to the gym with a couple of guys, right? It was a couple of my guy friends, and it was about three of us. We decided, hey, let, let's go to the gym, and, and let's work out, and, and uh, come on, let's, let's just go. We're going to knock it out. And it was one of those days where I didn't feel like working out. I'm going to be really honest with you. The last thing I wanted to do was go to the gym and work out, but my friend's like, oh, come on, come on. It's one of those days. I'm, he's just really pumped, and so what we're going to do as a good friend is we're going to go to the gym together, right? And so we went to the gym, and, and that day he wanted to bench press. If you don't know what a bench 
press is, is when you lay down on a bench and uh, you're facing up and there's this bar above you, you got to hold on to the bars and you put X amount of weight on that bar and uh, you have to lift it up as many times as you can. How many know what I'm talking about? A bench press, right? And so my friend um, wanted to bench press that day and he's one of these guys that, that always wants to go extreme and wants to be better than anybody else, right? Now, he wants to be better than everybody else. Anybody know a friend like that? Don't point at them if they're next to you, but, but right, that, that friend, he's just like, oh, today, oh, I'm gonna, I got this. Today, whew, ooh, he's like, I'm doing weird things around the bench, and, and, and he's like, oh, I'm going to lift more than ever before. And we're like, all right, calm down. I don't want to lift anything. I'm just here to chill. You ever go to the gym just to hang out? <laughs> just going to hang out. And uh, he's like, oh, come on, come on. I'm a, I'm a, what was the heaviest you've done, the heaviest you've done, and all this? He's like, all right. He's like, you know what? Add more weight on it. And he, he, did a, I mean, he had an extreme amount of weight on that bar. We're like, hey, listen, you're crazy. Like, you, you're not even going to be able to move that bar. No, oh, I can do it. Ooh, ooh, weird, weird sounds. He lays down, and he grabs it, and he goes, Alex, I want you to be my spotter. Now, anybody know what a spotter is? Right, you're supposed to be there to spot, to watch. That this, that in case something goes wrong, you're supposed to assist, as a good friend, this person doing the weights. And so my friend, he, he's like, Alex, I want you to be the spotter. I'm like, I got you, bro. Got you. I'm your friend, your faithful friend to the end. And so I'm, I'm there. I, I'm watching him. He puts his hands on the bar. He's laying down. And he, he gets ready to lift this up. And he's able to pick it up. It goes down on his chest, and he's ready to begin, right? As soon as he, he's ready to begin, it's on his chest. He gets ready to lift up, right? He cannot move the bar. He, it doesn't even go up two inches. Like, he's just like, mm! like, he gets red. He's doing every kind of ugly face you can imagine. He starts kicking, like, everything, right? At that very, very moment, I'm going to be real. I'm going to confess. I have began to laugh so hard. I'm just laughing. Like, I'm just laughing, laughing, laughing. I can't hold it. My friend sees me laughing. He begins to laugh. We are both bent over laughing on the side. We've forgotten about my friend struggling with the weight, and we are laughing on the side. True story. I promise you, true story. And he is struggling with this thing, and I can hear him say, help, <laughs> help. And we can't stop laughing. I want to help him. But because I'm laughing so hard, I can't even lift up the bar. And he's like, help, help. My friend is about to have a serious accident. The bar is about to go up to his throat, right? I'm, I'm a true story. And I have to let go of it. I have to keep on laughing, okay? I'm sorry. I'm a bad friend. Judge me all you want. Okay, I'm laughing. To the point where he has to roll over and throw the bar off of him. Like, it got real bad. I failed my friend that day. I was the worst spotter ever. Like, great. We, I'm just like, I'm leaving the gym. I can't stop laughing. I'm not working out today. I'm laughing at you the entire day, right? Like, there was just one of those days. I, I failed my friends so bad. Honestly, I think that, that a lot of us, people have failed us, right? People have failed us, whether it's in a, in a light situation or whether it's been in a heavy life moment. Like, like, people have failed all of us, right? Because we're humans and because we are all imperfect, people have failed us and we are going to fail people as well. I really think that this happens that because people have failed us, the big problem that occurs is that we think, wait a minute, because people have failed us, life is better alone. Well, people have failed me, so life is better alone. I'm not, I'm not going to get into any kind of relationships with people. I'm not, I'm not going to have friendships. I'm not going to be in community because, because people, they've let me down. 
I, I, I'm not going to trust my heart with anybody else. I'm not going to open up my heart to anybody. I'm not going to share certain things about my life because people, they, they failed me. They've let me down. They, I, I can't trust people anymore. I shared something with somebody and she went and she told everybody else. And I trusted this one person with my life, with my heart, with a personal situation. They turned around and they did me wrong. And so what we end up doing is that we end up holding the past pain instead of the new blessings that God has in community. I, I'd rather hold on to pain than to embrace blessings that God has for me. I'm too busy holding on to this that I never can receive that what God has for me. And so we give up on the blessings that God has in store for the future because we're too busy with the pain of the past, right? And so we, we say it's better to live life alone. I'm not, I'm not gonna open up my heart. I'm not gonna be in community. And so a lot of us, what happens is that we end up isolated, right? I, isolation is a real deal. Like a lot of people say, well, I'd rather just live life alone. I'm going to isolate myself. But I'm here to tell you, isolation is dangerous, dangerous grounds. Isolation is extremely dangerous, right? And I think more people are isolated today than we know, right? I think we're living, we said this in week one, we're living in, in, in the world has never been as connected as it is today, yet it's never been more lonely than it is today. Right? We, are, we are connected through the World Wide Web more than ever, but yet there's so many people going through A recent study said that 54% of all Americans feel lonely and feel like they don't have meaningful relationships. Half of all Americans, the recent study said, half of all Americans feel like they don't have nobody in their life. They're lonely. They're living by themselves. They, they don't have meaningful relationships. In fact, a higher percentage of that went to young adults between the ages of 16 through 24. The younger generation feels more alone and more lonely than ever, right? And so they, they began to do studies over the last 30 years to see how loneliness also affects your health, right? Like living alone, living by yourself, having no true relationships or friendships, actually they saw it begins to, ha it begins to have a toll on your health. People that live alone by themselves actually have a shorter lifespan than those in community, those who are married or those who have close friendships in their life. Right. One recent study actually said that living life lonely by yourself with no friendships, no kind of social friendships, it says that it has the same effect on your lifespan as smoking 15 packs of cigarette a week. There are higher tendencies of diabetes, higher tendencies of high blood pressure, and your lifespan is way lower than those who are married or living in close relationships. I just say it also depends who you're married with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm kidding. Right, but, but, but isolation, is, isolation is extremely dangerous, right? Like, like, like I think all of us, we have to understand God did not build us this way. That's why when he made man, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. He said, it is not good. And now we're finding out through studies, actually, it is not good. We were meant to live in community. We were meant to live with people surrounding us today. If there's anything I want to tell you, if you want to get better, it only happens together. I want to tell you, come on, can we all say this together? If you want to get better, it only happens. If you want to get better, it only happens together. You want to get better in your marriage, it only happens together. You want to get better in your finances, it only happens together. You want to be a better man, it only happens together. You want to be a better person, it only happens together. If you want to get better, it only happens together. 
together. Maybe you say, Alex, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in Jesus. I'm here because somebody invited me. They told me there's pizza and growth track. Whatever you came for, that's cool. You want to take God out of the equation? Fine. Let's take God out of the equation for just a second. If you want to be better in your finances, guess what? You're going to have to be surrounded by people who know what they're doing in finances. You want to get better, you got to be surrounded. you got to do this together. Well, I don't believe in Jesus, so okay, fine, take God out. But I want to be a better husband. I want to be better in marriage. Well, you're going to have to surround yourself with people who've been through some things and people who've been married 30, 40 years. I mean, just, just take the spiritual aspect out of it if you want for just a second, and you'll see that it's still the same. You need to be surrounded in life. But now you add God to the equation, and life just gets that much more better, being surrounded by godly people who are going to love on you, pray for you, and believe in you. If you want to get better, it only happens together, right? Solomon has been talking about this, and this is what we picked as our, as our base scripture foundation for this series is when Solomon's saying, hey, two are better than one, and, and he goes on, without somebody, you're going to be lonely and cold at night. Without somebody, you're not going to have, you're not going to have help in life. And then he said, without somebody, uh, you're going to be easily uh, beatable. You don't, you don't have protection, right? And this is what we're talking about. And this is why us as a church, we've designed and we have connect groups as a church. I love that we have connect groups as a church. Right. Because if we're talking about relationships, if we're talking about friendships and community, we want to give you an avenue for you to have those relationships and communities. And our way of doing that is to have community groups, to have small groups, to have connect groups all throughout the city. Some right in your own very neighborhood. Right. Right. And we're, we're just going to we're going to give you the solution. We're going to tell you that life is better together. This is extremely important. But it's up to you if you want to make that decision or not to join one of these groups. But it is better. You need to live life in a group. We talked about friendships. We talked about the hardships of friendships. We talked about what kind of friends to look for last week. Today, I'm telling you, you just don't need one friend. You need a group of friends that love you, that surround you, that pray for you, that are there for you in every single way. Connect groups are vital for your life. I'm telling you, you need a connect group in your life. Calvary, the way we say it is that our church is growing bigger and smaller at the same time. Like literally, our church is getting bigger every single week. Last week, we almost crossed 2,000 people joining us on a weekend. We added a service. October 21st, we got a big, big announcement of how we're going to continue to expand and grow, right? And so we're growing bigger as a church, but how do we grow smaller through connect groups? A lot of people say, well, I'm a, I'm a, I don't like going into a church like this because there's too many people. I say, well, if you join a connect group, you're going to see it's just as small as any other church. You, you join a small group, and all of a sudden you're going to see, well, I know the person sitting next to me. We all go to the same connect group. And so you can be part of a big movement and still feel like you have a small family. Right? And so that's, that's our vision as a church. Connect groups is our vision. It's our heart. It's our lifeline. Our dream, our desire, our vision is that every single person that attends Calvary would join a connect group. It's what we want for your life because we believe it's beneficial for your life. I really believe that the big, the big celebration on Sunday, this is what is happening today. It is extremely important, but real life change happens in connect groups. Why? Because your spirit can come alive on a Sunday, but your soul is transformed Monday through Saturday. Right, all of us, our spirit, we made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe in a Sunday setting, and, and so many people make decisions on a Sunday to follow Jesus, but as your soul is transformed and sanctification happens in community, in discipleship, as you're talking with one another, right? So we believe that's why it is extremely, extremely important. 
We have two big semesters a year of connect groups, right? One happens January, end of January through April, and that's our first big cycle of connect groups. And then we have a second big cycle of connect groups. We started right now in September. It ends around end of, end of November. And, and then right in the middle, we're going to start a summer cycle, a small summer cycle beginning next year. And, and we've seen that when we take breaks, we usually take a break of about a month, month and a half. A, a lot of people actually keep, keep meeting with their connect groups. They're like, we're not stopping. We're not taking no breaks because relationships are formed and people love meeting together. And so that's how we do it. I want to tell you that today we have about 74 connect groups. And today, as of today, we have almost 700 people signed up in connect groups. Come on, can you give Jesus a big, big hand? Come on, that's huge. That's amazing. Last week, I put out a challenge and I said, hey, let's get to 900 people before next Sunday. We're almost there. We're at 200. I believe that today, you can sign up today. You can just go to cg.calvaryconnect.com or go to calvaryconnect.com. You're going to see groups there. I want you to join a group today. You're going to see the blessing that happens in a group. Well, where do we get this from? Alex, why, why do you guys do connect groups? Well, we believe it's biblical. You're going to see it in the Bible, right? The early church, the first church, this is how they did life. They did life in connect groups, right? right? They met house to house. This is how they did it. Remember, the, Jesus, he ascends to heaven. The Holy Spirit falls in the upper room. They went from 120 people in the upper room. They started meeting house to house. They started multiplying. By the end of the book of Acts, most studies say that there was about 100,000 Christians in Jerusalem. They had taken over the city through connect groups. They were meeting at every Starbucks. They were meeting at every Pasión del Cielo. They were meeting. I mean, you just ran into believers everywhere, right? I'll show you this. Look at, look at Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is the early church, the first church that ever happened. It says, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All the people that like to break bread say amen. amen. <laughs> Christians were good at breaking bread. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And it says, all the believers, they were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's what we're doing, heart for the house. And then it says, every day, this is one of the most important verses, underline this one, highlight this. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They br broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here we, here we have the early church, and many of them began to get persecuted, began to get followed and, and punished for their faith, yet what did they do? If they couldn't meet at church, they met at homes. And it says they met at homes daily, and they used to break bread together, have dinner together, and say, what are you dealing with? What's your family going through? And they would pray for one another and encourage one another. This is what the early church did. And learning from the early church, I want to talk to you about three things about the power of a tribe. And, and we'll finish with this. Write this down. Number one, together we don't go to church. Together we are the church. Together we don't go to church. Together we are the church, right? We are the church of Jesus Christ. I think a lot of us, what we have the mistake, uh, what we think is that church is a building. Like, like, I get it. We say, hey, I'm going to church on Sunday, right? We say that often. It's part of our vocabulary, our vernacular. We say, hey, hey, yeah, you go to church on Sunday? We're, we're attending a building on Sunday, right? And so this is what we talk about church. But I want to tell you that, that, that church is not a building. Church is you and I. Right. You and I are the church of Jesus, this building, this four walls and additional seating and anybody who's outside, all that, this entire building, it just houses the church of Jesus, right? You and I are the church. We form the church. The Bible, Peter calls it, we are living stones all forming one body, forming the church of Jesus, right? We don't go to church. We are the church. 
And so maybe a lot of us, what we do is that we've reduced it to a one-day event. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go to church on a Sunday. Can I tell you, if you've just reduced the church life to a one-day event, you are missing out on everything that God has for you. Right? I grew up in church. Like, I grew up in church my entire life. Like, like my mom almost gave birth to me in service. Like, like that's how I've been a, in church my entire, entire life, right? And I'll never forget, and, and, and again, I don't appreciate it until I'm older. I'll never forget growing up, I grew up in Hialeah. Any Hialeah people in the house? And Hialeah, we're way louder than that. that. That was not true, Hialeah. I grew up in Hialeah, and I'll never forget, right, like every, almost every like, single day, somebody was coming over, bringing dinner. Connect groups were happening. Back in the day, they used to call them settlers. Anybody know what I'm talking about, right? And, and everybody would come over the house. My parents, they used to oversee the marriage ministry. So every single week, there was couples over the house that they were mentoring and discipling. And my parents were youth pastors for a while. And youth were always at our house. And, and I'll never forget, I have this one image in my mind looking up and seeing one of the youth leaders carrying my, my baby brother when he was a baby. Like, we were surrounded by community, right? There was always a godly community around. There's blessings in that. Right? I really believe that my family, we were blessed because of that. I want to tell you, you can create a blessing for your family, for your marriage, for your sons, for your daughters, to constantly be surrounded by godly people who are going to love them, instruct them, help you raise them, help you in your marriage, help you in your finances, help you as you go forward. It's not a one-day event. It's an everyday journey. The Christian life is an everyday journey. Don't reduce it to just coming to a building on a Sunday. You and I are the church every single day. This is who we are. And I believe that if you're not part of that church, you are cheating yourself from what God wants to give you. You're cheating yourself from blessings, from values, from promises, from good things that God has for you. Be a part of the church that meets every other day, that meets every day, that breaks bread together, that prays for one another, that encourages one another. Look what the Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter 133, verse 1. It says, how good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity. It says there's a blessing there. God says, oh, my God, this is amazing when they live together in unity. Don't be isolated. Don't live life by yourself. Don't just reduce it to a Sunday to Sunday event. It's a lifestyle. It's a journey together. The early church, they understood this. They grew together. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter 5, verse 42. It says, day after day, the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Right? They, they met every single day. They would go from house to house. They'll hang out in the temple courts. The temple courts literally means right outside the temple was a hangout area. Everybody used to walk there and talk there. And this is where they all hung out at, right? The early church was always together because life is better together. You and I, we don't go to church. We are the church of Jesus. Number two, together we all play a part to help every part. Together we all play a part to help every part. Right? I, I think this is important. We need to understand this. I want to take just a few moments to, to explain this. Right? A, a lot of people, when, when somebody's on their deathbed or when somebody's about to die, they say, hey, pay attention to their last words. Have you ever heard that right? Like last words are extremely important. And so they would always ask, hey, what's the last thing that person said before they died? Well, I think it's, it's unique and I think it's awesome that the book of John gives so much detail on the last day of Jesus' life. They're called red letters, right? The red letters shows everything that Jesus said before he died. In fact, John was so, was so intense about Jesus' last days that he dedicated five chapters just to the final night of Jesus. Like, he just wanted to make sure we understand what Jesus was all about right before he died. And if you read the last five chapters of John, they're all about the last night when Jesus got arrested and he was heading to a cross. 
And I just think it's so interesting that Jesus, what he was focused on right before going to a cross, was all about relationships and community. Right? It says that he was having dinner with the disciples. They were all there hanging out, right? They're all leaning back, having a good time. They're there having, you know, pita chips and hummus and all that. And, and what does he do? The Bible says that after dinner, he grabs a towel, he gets down on his knees, and he begins to wash the feet of the disciples. Washing, washing the feet was something that, that people like Jesus didn't do. That was reserved only for what they would have, like a servant of the house would come in and wash people's feet. They had to wash the feet because they all walked around in sandals. And if you walk around in sandals and dirt roads all the time, you're going to have a bunch of dirt and crust between your toes and all that, right? <laughs> you, you know what it meant? You know what it meant to wash somebody's feet like that? It meant you were, you were getting into somebody's personal space. Like, I, I care about you. I'm, I'm here. I'm here to wash your feet. What Jesus is showing is like, hey, I, I just don't care about the outside. I care about those areas that nobody knows about. He cares about relationship. And he's setting an example. Like, do you have somebody that gets between your toes? <laughs> Not physically, but you know what I'm talking about. Do you have anybody in your life that, that gets in your life and, and asks you about the messes of your life? Do you have somebody in your life that, that can get into your life and say, how, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with that, that addiction you have? How are you doing with that bad habit that you have? And I want to hold you accountable. How are you doing with that coworker that you have at work? How are you doing with those websites that you, you said you were going to block and you didn't want to go continue to see? Like, like you got to get in people's personal space. Jesus was building community and relationship with his own people. Look what he says in the book of John. Remember the last five chapters of his life, John chapter 13. He says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Together, we all play a part. And together we all have a part to play, right? I, I want to ask you, who are you serving, right? Whose feet are you washing? And then I want to ask you, who's washing your feet? Right? Like, who's serving you? Who's getting in your life down on their knees and, and asking you about personal situations in your life? I really believe that you're going to find that in a connect group. The power of a tribe is a powerful thing because they're, they're going to hold you accountable. Right? We, we all have a gift. We all have something to play in God's church. Look at the way Peter puts it in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to what? To serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. God has given you a gift that I don't have, and God has given me a gift that you may not have, and together we can serve one another. What he's saying is this, if you're not part of the church, the body, not just the building, if you're not part of the church, you are cheating the church out of the gift that God has given you. Right? Like God has given you a gift. God has given you something that I don't have, that none of us have. You have a particular gift in your life, is what Peter's saying. And as you're part of the living stones, what he says, if you're, as you're part of this church, you're going to bless others with your gift. Alex, but I don't have a gift. Alex, there's not much I can do. There's more inside of you than you know. There's gift on you. There's a grace of God over your life, right? Who are you serving with that gift, right? You, you, you're a blessing to the church more than you know, and we need you to be part of this community. That's why the, the writer of Hebrews encourages us. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25, he says, let us think of ways. Think of ways. In other words, let's get creative in ways to motivate one another to acts of love and of good works. And then he says, and don't, ne don't neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. He says, hey, hey, continue to meet together. Come up with creative ways 
some, some of our connect groups, they, they go to the movies together. They go to dinners together. They hang out. I've seen a few of them riding bicycles together. I saw, I saw some ladies group the other day all giving each other, like, face masks and nail stuff. And I'm like, oh, my, I'll attend that one. I need a face mask. I'll do, like, I, I mean, we all do just different stuff. Like, 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 let's just meet together and do life together. You know? You know what would be a real tragedy? If you go through a hard moment in life and nobody knows. Right? Like, I love that we're here for one another. In fact, right now, right after the 9 a.m. service, I was, I was outside talking to people to say hi, whatever. And, and this guy comes up to me. He says, Alex, what you said is so true. I just joined the Connect Group for my first time. And he said, and this week, they sent my dad, you know, to hospice. He, my dad's about to die. He's about to pass away. And he says, and I told my Connect Group leader, and he says, within 15 minutes, I got a video from my whole entire Connect Group saying hi. All of them praying for my dad. All of them saying, we're here. We're with you. We're going to walk this thing together. We're not going to leave you alone. Come on, there's power in a tribe. There's power in a Connect Group. I can, I can literally take... I can take one full service, right, like where we can talk for an hour and a half. I, I would take one full service just to give you story after story after story after story of what happens in our connect groups weekly. Weekly. I'm talking about people who, don't, who don't, didn't have money to pay their FPL bill. And all of a sudden their entire, their entire connect group just pitched in money and said, we're paying your FPL bill together. Come on, we're doing this together. Right? Literally, literally, somebody said, hey, my, 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 my family member, I think it was a grandfather, he's in the hospital, can you just pray for him? Right? The entire connect group showed up in the hospital, like, just showed up in the room. She was still sending texts, and people were showing, like, I'm just texting you, how do you know? Like, you're already here. This is crazy, right? There's power in a tribe, right? We need to encourage one another. We need, you need somebody. We all have a part to play. Number three, last one, finally. Together we can see further, and together we can reach further. Together we can see further, and together we can reach farther. I want to tell you, you, you need an extra set of eyes in your life to help you see some things that you, did not, you, do, you do not see with your own eyes. You need an extra pair of eyes to help you with the schemes of the enemy that he tries to set up along the way. You, you can't see it all by yourself. I can't see it all by myself. I need people to tell me, hey, hey, don't go down that path. Hey, be careful with this person who's trying to get something out of you or out of the church. Hey, hey, I need an extra set of eyes in my life to help me see better. Right? We have lions out there that are trying to destroy us. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You need, you need an extra set of eyes to show you where the lions are in your life. Right? I'll show you the power of a tribe. I'll show you the power of, of a group. If we could show that quick video, right? I, I love this video. If you're an animal lover, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Here we have isolation. You're by yourself. I don't need nobody. I'm solo dolo. Can't nobody tell me anything. Oh, the, the, all of a sudden, the roaring lion comes to attack. So few of them. Is that coworker? Is that lie? Is that cheater? Don't worry, animal lovers. The crew, the crew shows up. Your connect group shows up and says, wait a minute. I got you. I got you. Oh, come on. There's power in a tribe. Come on. If you live by yourself, you're not going to be protected. But together, we can reach so much farther. Oh, come on. Anybody thankful for people alongside of your life that says, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe the best. I'm going to go running when life is a mess, when the devil wants to knock you out. Come on. You need some believers to stand next to you. We're going to do this life together. Life is better together. Come on, there's power in a tribe. Let's stand up on our feet all across. Let's stand up on our feet all across this place. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're saying, Alex, well, that's cool. That's not me. 
I'd rather live isolated. I'd rather be by myself. That's, that's your choice. And I'm just going to say choose wisely. All we can do is offer an avenue. All we can, all we can do is help offer a solution to say, hey, connect groups, they, they are more important than you think. And if you choose otherwise, I'll just show you what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 1. It says this, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. I don't know about you, but I, I just don't want to be that guy that says, I know it all, I got it all under control, and I don't need nobody. I, I want to be surrounded by wisdom. I want to be surrounded by love. With every eye closed, every head bowed. We just kicked off our second cycle of connect groups all throughout the city. We got 70-something of them all the way from North Miami, all the way down to Homestead. And, and my prayer is that all of us would join a connect group. We're better together. I'm telling you, the last quarter of the year is going to be the best quarter when you get some godly people around your life. Some godly people to go have a coffee with. Some godly people who are going to speak God's word over your life, over your marriage, over your relationship, over your sons, over your daughters. Alex, but I've had pain in the past and people have done wrong. I know, I get that, but, but don't hold on to the pain to give up on the blessing. There's more blessings ahead. Alex, but I'm busy and we make time for everything. Make time for what's really important. All right, like, like make this a priority. Get in a connect group. Don't put it off. Don't, don't say I'm waiting for tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll go online at work and I'll find a connect. No, do it today. It literally takes 30 seconds. Say for, for my own life, for my health, my spiritual health, my physical health, for my mental health. I, I want to get some godly people around me. Alex, why are you guys so big on this? Because we want a healthy church. I don't want believers that live isolated lives. Come on. It's impossible for me and Dana to talk to 2,000 people, but, but we got a good group of 80. If you include co-leaders, 150 leaders out there waiting to pastor you and to help you. Make a decision today. As soon as, as, soon as this ends, I'm, I'm going online. I'm signing up for one today. I'm joining one today. Hey, babe, we're joining one today. I'm telling you, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Do it for the generations that come behind you. They're going to be more blessed to be surrounded by godly people. There's already enough negativity out in our schools and already out in our society. Be surrounded by positive, biblical, Christian, God-speaking believers. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you say, Alex, okay, I get it. I, I, I need to work on my relationships. I need to work on the people that God wants beside my life. I want to tell you that that's extremely important. That's what we focused on. But right before we leave, I want to tell you the most important thing is your relationship with God. Maybe you're here, this is your first time, your second time here. Or maybe you've been coming for a while and you say, Alex, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. No, I'm, I'm far from God. There's no way that God wants anything to do with me. Maybe you're here or you're in the additional seating or watching online and you say, Alex, I, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far from God. And, and I think that God probably wants nothing to do with me. You're thinking about all the mistakes you've made, your sins. You're thinking about all the shame and guilt. Can I tell you, God loves you more than you can imagine. God loves you so much that I believe he's allowing you to hear this just to show you how much he loves you. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I want to tell you today, there's not one perfect person in this place today. I, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all failed God. We are far from perfect. 
And the Bible says that it's sin that separates us from God, but God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my guilt, all of my mistakes. Jesus came and he grabbed all of your sin, all of your mistakes. And the Bible says that Jesus carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. The Bible says that Jesus went up on a cross and he died for you and he died for me. Jesus died in our place, for our place. He paid the price for sin that you and I can never pay. The Bible says that he died there on that cross. He was laid down in a grave and he was dead for three days, but after three days, sin and death could not defeat him. The Bible says that Jesus, he resurrected. I really believe that Jesus, he's alive today and he wants to give you life and he wants to give you a brand new beginning. He wants to give you hope. He wants to give you peace. He wants to forgive you of all your sins. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. If you're in here, you say, Alex, I need forgiveness. Alex, I want a brand new start. I want a brand new beginning. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I, want to, I would love to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to give you a mic. None of that. Every eye closed. Can we have every eye closed, every head bowed for privacy and concentration? Nobody looking around. Come on, the church praying, leaders praying. It's an important moment. I want everybody praying. Eyes closed, head bowed. I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Just hold it up just for a second. Nobody looking around. I'll see you, and then you can put it right back down. You're just showing God, God, today I put my faith and my trust in you. If that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can, so I can see it. I see you, 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 I see you. Amazing. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else in additional seating or online? Hands up everywhere. Father, we thank you so, so much. Thank you for all these hands. Thank you for every single person making a decision to follow you. We pray that you seal this moment with your Holy Spirit. We believe that you're here right now. All of you that raise your hand, we're going to say a prayer. And I want you to repeat this prayer with me. My prayer doesn't save anybody. It's our faith in Jesus that saves us. I'm just making this first one easy for you. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. All of us as a church, as a community, as a family, let's say this together with all of them. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Father thank you for today thank you for this opportunity i admit that i'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you say jesus i believe you're the son of god that you died for my sins and on the third day you resurrected come into my life be my lord and be my savior from today on i am saved i'm forgiven and I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, Calvary, can we give them a big, big hand? Come on. So many people made a decision today. Amazing.